This place was built on. That's what our community is founded on. Don't act like the example, just be the example. This is the home of the greatest fitness community in the world. We're trying to create strong, able bodies, resilient to injury with a gas tank to get shit done. If there's one thing from this podcast about taking media action, find the problem, fix the problem, this is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. Welcome everybody. <laughs> you good to, you're good to go. All good. Clearing the pipes. You're good to go. Clearing the pipes at forty. That's a that's a great <laughs> thing too. So starting the Tank of One podcast off. Welcome guys. I'm Tony Smith, your host. Today we got a guest host, my wife Danny Smith, and our guest, which we will introduce in a second. As always, we're here to encourage you and send you on a mission to take action against your weaknesses and to do more for yourself and be or do more for others and be more for yourself i got that one backwards anyways welcome to our show mike del chancho chancho <laughs> so I, I want to make sure i was pronouncing it right today he said i said the manja cake way the last time we talked to him so i want to get that in there del chancho he is the owner of dc farms uh a, a smaller greenhouse in the kingsville area that is sticking to the roots and values and ignoring the uh you know all the things going on around them in that burgeoning industry. He also is, possesses two black belts. Uh, he's a, become over the last like three four years. He's been involved in the garage gym. A very good friend. He's also a fucking handful and can own a mosh pit, as he will tell you maybe during this podcast. So welcome to the show, Dell. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so in this episode, I want to, we want to talk a little bit of, like you living your life and running your business by your values and through your morals, which is one of the things I respect the most about you. I want to talk to you about why you're a handful and how you own the mosh pits and, uh, <laughs> and maybe get into some other things, maybe some psychedelics, maybe some farming. We'll see where it goes from there. And uh, brought Danny on because you guys have... The, this kind of funny relationship where you guys seem to bring out the best in uh, comedy with each other and some like some good conversations. I'm looking forward to this one today. We look forward to it for months since Irvin in the background messed up the sound. But uh, we uh, the last episode Mike wanted to reshoot it anyway, so here we are. So I guess that's uh, I could be self conscious at times. Yes, that's well, that's it. that's your karma right there, right yeah, there, yeah, happy yeah, exactly. to, to save you. So let's get rolling, man. Like let's talk about. Right away, I just want to jump into kind of like DC Farms, what it is, who you guys are, because I think that in itself is a is an amazing story with the, the farm, the generational thing. Awesome. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, DC Farms, I'm a third generation family farmer, and um, me and my father started this uh, greenhouse in 95. We grew three acres of tomatoes, and we've since expanded to now six acres, and um, it's been a wild ride and our our values per se are hard work family and integrity and that's what my parents raised me that's how my parents raised me and i see over the years how that's how they've um ran our company and it's been a pleasure to witness and now it's up to me to continue that as my industry um takes the next it, a huge boom period and 
it's important that I keep that going into the evolution of DC Farms. So that's pretty crazy. So like we're we're saying about being 40 years old is like when somebody, I don't know if you guys find this, when somebody says 1995, to me it feels like we're talking like yesterday. (laughs) Like I like when somebody says 1995, I feel like it's five years ago. And then I'm like, 1995, doing the math, that's a long time, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. So your father started that, was he like, did he come from Kingsville? Like how did um, that My father immigrated here from Italy in the 60s. And they originally started uh, field farming. And like many of the greenhouses, you eventually evolve. That's evolution. And now we're into greenhouses. So that's how it progressed. So well, my the, grandparents immigrated here. They started and my father picked up after them. So is the field farming, is that like farming for yourself? Or is that farming for like, um, We community? used to go for Heinz. For Most Heinz. people in Leamington, Kingsville area grew tomatoes for Heinz. Or you had orchards and peaches, and we had a fruit market at the end of the road, and that's where I grew up, like interacting with people and running the fruit stand, and it was fantastic. Um, but eventually, that shifts, and agricultural farming—it's still there's still a lot of it happening, but it became way more challenging in this area, and just financially speaking, greenhouses became the natural natural progression. Right. So what I, I kind of find interesting is like being from an Italian background too, is my grandfather had a, you know, a big garden uh, as far as like a a house in South South Windsor would be concerned and, you know, always grew everything. And then my mom has that same love for it and she's passing it down to my, uh, my youngest son in particular, Bron loves gardening and loves growing his own vegetables. And I think like this has become a, a, a big, big business and you guys are kind of resisting that like, massive growth because of you want to protect and keep it a family-like industry right like is that kind of yeah yeah it's um it's interesting to see the growth of an industry and and how it happens um for myself it's important that uh i can be i like to do things my way (laughs) and not necessarily because i'm um, I, I think I'm right, but I, I look for the truth in things and I try to find the truth in things and running a business, it puts you in these very in- interesting circumstances where you're dealing with outside situations that can really test your um, your ethics, so to speak, or what you actually want to stand for, because oftentimes you can make decisions that financially speaking would be tremendously rewarding and maybe an easier life, so to speak. But there's something to be said for doing things myself, even if it means more challenges or more, there's more opportunity for growth and in that there creates more meaning. So I find value in that and I'm just kind of trusting that to kind of lead the way hasn't been easy but it's been a it's been an adventure and i'm really starting to have fun with it now up until now it's been i i've looked at it as like i'm fighting the man you know i grew up listening to rage against the machine <laughs> and then i grew up to realize i'm part of the machine and there's that like <laughs> you got to wrestle with that a bit so I'm, com- I'm coming to terms with it now and i'm kind of seeing where i fit and i um I know where I fit and I'm just, it's just about finding the people that align with my mission 
and just trusting that and let everything else kind of whatever happens around me I guess that's what happens is that yeah. is that what your dad does like are you guys on the same page with that too or do you find that you butt heads um uh, what, what is, what's that relationship like when you see the vision going one way yeah like does he kind of see that the same way or in the past maybe you know five years ago when he didn't necessarily I had to earn his trust earn his trust and respect and until I did that we, we butted heads at times and rightfully so like I have no right to dictate he started this company. like I have to earn the right to guide it and um, I've done that now and my parents trust me to yeah it's fantastic yeah, yeah. That's awesome. yeah I think that's a good question from Danny in terms of like like a manhood I guess and I, I can't speak obviously from a women's point of view but I know like as a as a man growing up there was a point where like I was about like getting rich or, or like wanting things or and being right whereas now it's more so like I'm more willing to listen to the other side of things going on and like really it's not at all about being rich it's about like you know providing and, and you know caring for the people who, was all, who have supported me and I think like that's an interesting question because like your father at one point when you were like the young guy taking over this business that had to be like you know maybe we're gonna run into this one day when my my boys are there where it's like they want to go a certain way and yeah. and you know it's like yeah listen man like listen <laughs> young lion like you gotta like it's not all about fighting it's about yeah. so being here forever and, it's not and all winning about fighting. winning the <laughs> war not the battle right like that kind of thing like you guys yeah. you must have talks uh, like that hundred percent I've seen it many times my parents God bless them they always let me do whatever I wanted. Like they never really had much, whatever I wanted to do, they kind of let me do it. But I always knew when I disappointed them or when I asked them, I was going a certain direction and I could tell that they were just like, okay, like we think you shouldn't do that, but go ahead. And um, in business, I they let me kind of, you know, I found my way. And it was in that I needed to to try it myself because then I will learn the lesson you know my parents can tell me but until I like shit the bed myself or I realize that what it's not working then it's like then it hammers it home more and now as an adult I see how my parents were right numerous times and I was still you know being well, rebellious it's rewarding, I'm <sighs> sure too for your dad like to see you maybe try something he's not sure about either and then maybe it's successful or maybe he sees what joy it brings you or you know what pride it brings you and then and then he's just happy for you right like it, yeah. like it, it is the business is the yeah. family business but he, you're also the most important part of that yes right like yeah. his child so yeah. so seeing you succeed is is a, you know like just a double bonus yeah it's, it's fantastic and I get the pleasure of uh, bringing my son to work my, my wife just lived my wife we just live like 30 seconds down the road from my work so she brings him by all the time and to mix like business with my son there and my dad and like all of that like I couldn't have that if I worked for somebody else you know like that's invaluable you can't put a price to that so like that's another kind of bonus of this whole kind of family thing I got going on yeah for <laughs> sure I mean you are you looking at your son like like this is this is gonna be yours one day like is that the kind of vision that you, that um, you yeah I go there and I also go like I don't want you to have to do this fight, like kind of thing. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, or like, 
don't fuck with me because now it's about my son <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like that's where now i'm it's not about me anymore like i'll fight hard for me and my but now you have a son so you'll do like it forced me to step up more right you'll go that much i'll further. go that extra mile like if i have to stay an extra hour at work or whatever you know like not to take away time from him but like i have to be i'm way more conscious of my actions on a daily basis now yeah they have more ramifications yeah i love i love that kind of concept too like with the it is about that like every time we come in here and it's like when things get shitty that that it's can be as much as like a motivation for a fight but also a motivation sometimes to like this fight isn't worth it yeah like what am i fighting what am i who am, who am i what am i fighting sometimes and like to me that's like it's a real mind opener when it's like like i'm fighting this person that literally has nothing to do with the growth of this business all yeah. this is a person who doesn't i mean we ran into it just the other day this is just a person who just doesn't yeah. like people like yeah. you know like let it go and move on to the next battle so you can win the war what what i realized in business over the last few years i've thrown myself into multiple challenges like if i had an opportunity for something or like whether it was like legal lawyers government i just throw myself out there and just kind of see what happens and often when i make decisions i always think about when i'm about to die and having that like you know you see it in movies like that montage of like your life looking back and in that moment like what would i choose like right now so i i can at least say when i take my like i tried or i i said what i had to say like i didn't i didn't back down because i mean government for instance i can bitch about that forever but unless i actually get educated and attempt to learn and have these conversations then I have no right to bitch. And you said that to me like probably a year ago because I was just bitching to you all the time. But fuck this, fuck that, blah, blah, blah. And it was just irrational. It was just me being like emotional and not like, and when you challenge me on that, it's either like you do something about it or you, you don't and you just, you know, but don't just sit here and bitch and not do anything. So that kind of, uh, it was challenging at first and I was like, ah. Oh. But when, usually when somebody says that to you and like you want to respond, it's like usually that's when like you should probably take a step back and listen. And I did. And that's what kind of it, it really helped me to like kind of push me. Appreciate that. <laughs> I do the same thing. Like when I at the end of my day, oh, you don't listen no, wait, to me. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think about my day and like I think about um, how much quality time I've spent with you know my family or what what we did that day and I always just reflect back on the day of thinking you know if this was my last day and I think of, I read your bio and I was thinking about that too about how you're constantly thinking about death yeah. and, <laughs> but it's that's a good thing that's, yeah, yeah it's a good thing it's it's it can be but I think I think that about that too is is um, would I be happy with myself yeah. at, if this was my last day, you know? Or like, how would, how would I leave all of the most important people in my life if, you know, their last impression of me or what, or what have you? And especially spending time with Tony or at the gym or with my kids, I, I think about that constantly. So I, I understand where you're coming yeah. from when you're, yeah. when you're saying that. So I read a book uh, <laughs> recently, uh, The Comfort Crisis, Michael Easter, who's on the podcast, we didn't talk about any about this actually, but like he was on the podcast just a little while ago. But in his book, he talks about going to visit a 
I'm not even going to try to to figure out if I can remember the country. Goes to visit this tiny country, but part of their the way their culture is they literally think about death every day. And most of us would see would think about that as a like terrible. And this country is like living below the poverty line. One thing that they do is they all have ownership, which is like what you have of your business and yeah. what we have in ours. They have ownership of their property. They all have property, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. a small piece of property, but it's theirs. Yeah. So they have very low in terms of what they make in income. They own a piece of something and they think about death every day. And that country is the, I'll find it, I'll add it to the show notes, but that country is the like longest and hap- they're, they're regarded as the happiest country in the world. Yeah. And why? Because they have ownership of something like you with DC Farms, us with the garage gym, our properties, the things that we own. Yeah. Like not the things, the the, the place that we own. I guess more so, yeah. right? Not the cars. Yeah. Right. It, that and that, that they think about death every day because thinking about death every day, I think prioritizes your life. It prioritizes the people you're going to spend your time with, Bingo. who you're going to invest, where you're going to invest your time with, who you're going to spend time with, how you're going to do what you're going to do when you're not with anybody else. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that like really should be said. Like, and I like to do this drill with my tackling group. It's called the, the funeral, you know, the funeral scenario basically yeah. is like, who's going to be by your bedside? Who's going to carry your casket? Who's going to be outside the, the hospital room? And really, those are the only people you should worry about policing, right? And like, what are the regrets? What are people going to say about you? And what advice are you going to give? If every day you kind of focus on that, man, you are going to be, I think, who cares about wealth? Like success. That's all like, yeah, you know, self-made. How do you judge that? Right. How do you judge that? That should be up to you 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 alone. Yeah. But I think happiness and peace and joy are the the way to go, man. Like, yeah. So I think thinking about death all the time is like. Is a good thing as long as you're not neurotic. Uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Who's going to carry your casket? Then that—that's like okay. That's like your tribe right there. Like picking about who's, who that's who that's going to be is an interesting thought. Never, yeah. Well, then, that. like when yeah. you you're getting called to go to all these places, all these different places, and do all these different things, like yeah, why are you going there? Like yeah, is that guy going to be there at the end of the day? Is that girl going to be there at the end of the day? No. Yeah. Then then the answer is no. Like I think we all struggle with that answer of no all the time, so it's a good way to look at it. And I think like you know, you at being at home and too like that's been a whole uplifting thing about this COVID. And I, I, I can tell you that even since we re- recorded this the first time and it didn't work out because the audio issue, like you just seem like you're in a better place. How long ago was that? When yeah, when was that? Three months ago, maybe. Yeah, or not that long yeah, ago. June, December. December. Get out of here, December. Really. Yeah, I feel like longer ago than that, but anyways, regardless, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I where's I the shift coming from? I definitely, um, I, I realized. I mean, I've known this for years, but I'm, I've done some work over the holidays there, and I did some, uh, some courses and whatnot to try to figure this stuff out. And I know I'm getting in my own way. It's very obvious to me, so I can't. Um, I realize that I can't control the outside world and I've been trying to my whole life because it's just kind of uh, when, okay, how do I say this? It's a lot easier to blame the world than to actually like blame yourself or like look at yourself, you know? And I'm just kind of seeing how it's like about me and I, I, fully realize that I can be um, fairly judgmental of people and I don't 
necessarily mean to do that, but the world right now just kind of has me, and I think a lot of people, a little bit, you know, on edge, so to speak. And I'm trying to, there's something great about that. Like my life's an absolute adventure and I find it super empowering. And I'm not necessarily worried about myself. I have enough like cool, good things going, a great family, like, I'm, but I worry about kind of the world and a lot of things happening. Um, but I think all of that is supposed to be an experience and I have to sit with this feeling that this is just the shift that is currently happening and I can't fight it. And I'm saying this to you knowing that tomorrow I will probably go and fight something <laughs> so, <laughs> in some capacity. I don't know what it is. And like, I know I'm like, just stop. And I'm trying to like, I'm in there somewhere, but um, I, I'm, I'm cognizant of it. And that's, that's half the work right there. So as long as I'm aware of it, then I can like chip away at it. And that I've kind of accumulated over the past like few months. Yeah, chip away. Chip yeah. away. Small steps, man. Very small steps. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's uplifting to hear, to hear for sure. What is like a, so with these courses that you've taken, what's something that you think is the biggest thing that helped you or the biggest thing that, that you think about um, maybe more often than, than you had before? Uh, um, huh. That's interesting. I, it's, um, I love when you say, you say this all the time. Do I? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. you, just, you just always bring stuff up. It's like, it's like a therapy session. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like when I'm at the gym, I'm the weird, crazy guy, you know, because I'm always going no, off. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not at all. Eh? I walk in like a bat out of hell no, five minutes late. Jacqueline says the other day, she goes, look at you. Where did you float in from? <laughs> float in from. I'm glad I bring a little different element. You I'm do. working on not being late, though. That's I'm, I apologize. I'm saying it on the record. I told my wife I gotta start like it's not good to race around like that. It does. It's not good for like because like you're always cranked. Your adrenaline's yeah. kind of cranked. Yes. Yeah. It's it's not. It's silly. But I'm sorry. I forgot what you were saying. <laughs> Keep going. I went off on. Uh... <laughs> no, like, is there something that through your courses or through your oh, self development oh, oh. that you that's one thing that that you think. Uh, could be helpful to others that you find helpful it's um i did a, i did a tony robbins course and that was quite interesting and it's about bringing like i i have some everybody does every man every woman has like some their full potential out mm -hmm. and i have this like beast inside of me i don't mean to sound like so like alpha male but i have this like fucking thing inside me that has to come out and I'm just trying to manage that thing and it's not easy sometimes and I'm curious to see what the outcome of that will be because it feels um, it feels like pure and I'm just trusting it and it makes it could yeah. be a good thing it could yeah, yeah. Like it's just hard to embrace it's mm -hmm. like it's scary to actually like try to embrace that because it's like you have to be kind of vulnerable and you have to be you got to like own it and it's just I'm kind of maybe that's something you can help me with <laughs> I, think, I think you have one of those don't you? a beast inside I mean, I mean I feel like I'm like keeping it in pretty good these days staying in control but like I don't know Del, like, so like 
let's let's be honest. So if I was to make a prejudgment walking in about a guy like you and people who are listening won't be able to see you, like you don't sound like a guy who's you know six foot five lanky guy with dreads down to your ass like you know wearing like the beanie and like you know always with the concert t-shirts on like you don't fit the stereotype of of that like peace love guy like you have so much fight in you and this like you know the the stereotype of that would be like the like just go with it every day you know and like but you are like every day is like you're going to a new battle and at every day you i you are one person that could say wants to be one percent you probably want to be 50 percent better every single day that you you step on this earth which is something i truly admire about you like how like in is that just a stereotype that people are seeing like not about you in particular but maybe about like you know i, I assume you hang with some friends that yeah. like also are like are into this like same kind of stuff like like are you finding like you're different than everybody in your group or you find that that's just a total misconception that you know normal people for lack of a better word i've always it? kind of uh I've never really had a group. Like even in high school, I was just kind of like friends with everybody and I was just my own kind of okay. thing. And uh, I always, I never wanted to be, I remember very early on making this distinction. I never wanted to be um, kind of summarized by like one quality, like whether it be hair or like my profession or my interest or whatever. Um, so I find it, I find that um, having these like juxtaposition of like character traits makes me more well-rounded. And that's, if I was to describe myself as anything, I, I, I attempt to try to see um, all sides of things, which is not always easy. And sometimes you get forced into trying to be this stereotype because people want to categorize you as like one thing because it's easier for their brain to just wrap their head around. And then they can put all these beliefs on you based on that. But I don't know. I'd never fit that, I guess. <laughs> no, I, the reason I ask is because I'm kind of the same and opposite. And Danny could probably speak this on her own uh, terms from her own experiences. Like as a cop or as like the jock in school or, you know, I always felt the same. Like I, yeah. I, I don't feel like I want to be just jumbled as this guy who views the, this like world in like a black and white and like yeah. law and unlawful or right versus wrong and that's always been like a struggle with me is like within the peer group it's like you know i know you guys expect me to be certain ways and then a lot of times too within the opposite peer group like if we were back in high school and this was a typical day you and i would probably not look like we probably wouldn't be the kids sitting at the cafeteria table together just yeah. because of how we look or yeah, yeah. what we subscribe like it's just a weird thing as you get older to be like totally cool with that and that's I love that about you like if we were going to cast you as a character just by your how you look you wouldn't be how you sound like which is I think the coolest thing about people is like if you're willing to like dig a little bit deeper and get to know people you know right away you and I like I don't even know how it happened it was like we connected and now I spent half the time like uh, when you come into my class I feel like I gotta actually leave your rig because I'm not coaching anybody else you and I end up like talking and getting deep and stuff it's like it's a pretty funny and you like a pretty funny situation but also a very like says a lot about your character and a lot about like how much you actually care about other people and value their opinions but also value their experiences and and listen to their problems and opinions so that's a that's an awesome thing to have man thank you i i will say the 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 fight i don't think you i think it's hard for a man to um not to sound cheesy but to love openly and freely if you don't have that 
ability to fight and say fuck you because you have to have both because everything's about the balance and in order to speak freely and to love somebody you have to be willing to offend them and you have to be willing to say the truth even if it hurts and there's uh, by not having that it, it prevents myself anyway from like living with my heart open and that's important to me <laughs> i know that sounds cheesy it's kind of weird saying this like publicly but it's not weird. <laughs> but if, why would you fight if you don't? This is why we brought Danny here, so it's not weird when we have these conversations looking at each other. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, would keep going. <laughs> keep going. Sorry, man. I was getting self-conscious there with myself. Remember the first time we all went out? Danny took all these pictures of me and you having yeah. the her and Kate Muller, and we were all like making fun of us. Yeah, yeah we're at uh, the Grove. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take those up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be the podcast cover. Yeah, anyway, keep going, baby. What are you gonna say? No, but like, why would you? What, what would give you the fire to fight if you didn't have that love of something or someone or exactly. what have you on the exactly. other side? So you do have to have that juxtaposition. Uh, yeah, that passion and intensity, I realize it's, it rubs some people the wrong way. Uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, man, plant your fucking flag. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's it, think. right? Like I got to own it. I got to own it. Is that what happens when you're owning a mosh pit? Uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> is it like the love of the music? It's everything. But then the yeah. fighting of everyone else. Like... Yeah. A mosh pit is like my favorite place in the world. I haven't been in quite some time. Why? Um, first of all, the music. And okay. like that's that's its own thing. And I don't let my hair down too often. But when I do, <laughs> I love when it's down and it's like... A curtain and I'm in my own world mm -hmm. and when you're in a mosh it's just like all this chaos but I'm, I'm like alone I have my hair and I just get to hit people and get hit <laughs> and there's just something like so fun about it and um, it, I, I always wanted to do a, a thesis on a mosh because there's so much going on there it's beautiful it's it is absolutely beautiful a thesis Anytime I yeah there's so much <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. There's so much going on. And in yeah. my opinion, as being a, a smaller female, I, I've been near mosh pits before. And I've been like, okay, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going near that because there are some guys in there that really are getting after it. Uh, yeah. But, but they're, they're getting after it. And you can tell that they're getting after it for themselves right? in the, the space that opens up to yeah. them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it allows you that out, that out that this world just puts all this shit on you. And it's like, ah. And you can let it out, and everybody's mutually letting it out at the same yes. time. And it's like, it's in, it's incredible. Yes. And I just had my first run-in with, like, the woke community uh, this, this past week. And uh, the accusations that came, and I think, like, what you just said sums it up. Like, yes, listen, I am not lying. I am not, like, trying, not lying. I'm not trying to cover up that men are the problem in this world, like, as much as I think we can be the solution not the only solution but men are men are taking their lives men are also taking lives like assaults rapes like all these things are are from men like for the yeah. most part like i'm saying all but like in generality i think we're talking like over 98 percent like yeah. when it comes to assaults and, and violence and the reason being is i feel like we're caging it in like the mosh pit from my little experience is very much like blast camp or like jujitsu down there where Bingo. we are getting out some things that are very primal yeah and emotions that need to come out in a controlled setting where we're all volunteer to this right like yeah. 
yes, things can get out of hand in a mosh pit and they can get out of hand in the jiu-jitsu. You know, we talked about it just the other day and we'll get into it a little bit. But like that stuff needs to come out. So like owning it, yeah, feeling it and letting it go is what I think can solve bigger, more violent, more, you know, problems that are unlawful. Right? Exactly. And, and you know, and not even unlawful to unethical, right? Like yeah bad bosses and human resources type stuff so yeah people really, repress all those feelings right. and it comes out right. in other ways maybe it's like you know some kind of political shit at work or you're being naive about something it comes out somehow some way it comes out okay. so if you if you're allowed that space your blast camp exactly like you were saying then that's that's what men need and i know some people look at it like you know testosterone and all this like sure but that's the same well, yeah, testosterone that like you know it. has contributed a lot of good to this society and protects people so like yeah, that I mean, whole woke mob kind of gets on my nerves too man. yeah and that, i mean <laughs> trying to explain that to, to people who aren't willing to even engage in a conversation just want you to listen to their side yeah. that's been my like my the old me the the 35 year old me would still be going back and forth with this person yeah where the new me you know, listen to the criticism. Actually, am adopt some of it is actually going to be part of a debrief for some other stuff that where I think we can improve. Yeah. But I responded with a kind email explaining myself, and was <laughs> that what came back was definitely not anything that was listened to. <laughs> and then that's where the conversation ends yeah. because that's now it now it's be wasting my time. Yes. So I'm gonna take there's some takeaways from it. Yeah. Some things that we can do to improve that I can do to improve blast and maybe the way I market it. Yeah. But. It's not to appease this person. It's to actually, I'm clearly not getting my message out clear enough. Yeah. Well, it's perception regardless. Like at the end of the day, someone perceives something that you are doing or saying or, or what have you. And in, you, you also, to do your work's justice is to take, like Mike said, to, to listen to all sides. And you might take none of it, some of it, all of it, but at least taking into consideration certain points, whether you agree with, you know, none, barely any of it, but want, taking away something that you think is, actually that's a pretty good point, I'm gonna work on that, is just showing maturity and it's also showing that you are, um, you know, uh, trusting yourself, like, like doing a better job at um, understanding yourself too, I think. Yeah, and I think like, I think at the end of the day that when we present this to our team, what seemed to come from a completely irrational source for me to say like, hey, there is something from this that yeah. we can learn. Yeah. It opens it up to the team. And like, what's that, the four agreements? Something in that person's experiences in life yeah. led to what came out against me. Yeah. It's not my, like, to own that myself. Totally. Like, own what I can out of that, but at the, at the end of the day, like, what's the four agreements don't take it personal one of them, yeah right yeah, like yeah. and i think that is what i'm trying to avoid these days is not to take it personal and i think that's what we all need to kind of go with they say like everybody's kind of a mirror for your own insecurities yeah so something in that girl triggered something because i have that with, like when somebody when you triggered me with the thing about a year ago i'm like oh, i'm fucking tony <laughs> and then i look and i'm like okay okay but i, I had a similar situation with um I did a, uh, a media thing. I, I said one line on a news clip, one one line. And this university professor from McMaster wrote me back and accusing me of all this stuff. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? And at first I, I wrote an email like kind of 
scathing, calling him out and kind of email. Yeah, and then I'm I was good like, at those. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I deleted it, and I legitimately tried to kind of understand this. And then he wrote back again, and then I gave a rebut, and then it, it went nowhere. But I had another instance with another, something about university professors that they just <laughs> think that they can say whatever they want. Here I go. I'm getting a blast and, tomorrow. And, Thanks, Bill. Bless <laughs> all of them. Like I, I'm university educated. Like. But like I don't know, there's some weird trend that seems to be happening, and another one kind of went off being saying some ignorant comment. So I challenged him on it, and he invited me on his podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, we'll see if I get an uh, a callback. But yeah. I would love to just what a challenge that would be to like like have a debate. Have a debate with like a, I'm like okay, game on, let's let's do this. Why not? Um, but I think like I think. Maybe it's your words that I, I'm looking into too much. Is like, and I think that's part of the discussion you and I had back, uh, whatever that was a year ago, or even throughout this whole thing. Is like, instead of looking at it as a challenge, like as as a fight, yeah, look at it as a challenge to you know get your opinion to educate somebody more on your opinion and to listen to the other side's opinion and get educated more on their opinion. Like that's the challenge, rather. Instead of viewing it, it as a challenge, instead of viewing it as a fight, view yeah. it as a as a positive challenge or as a opportunity to grow. Uh, yeah, right. Like yeah, that's yeah. like kind of that's kind of I think what we miss a lot is like it's not really it's not this isn't a fight. This doesn't have to be a fight. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is an opportunity. That's right, and that's, that's what that like that form agreements book. I, I I wasn't actually a big fan of this book that I everybody think we talks should all about. take a shot every time we say the word. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Do that. But with that book was like that the world or God or whatever you believe in will present you with whatever you need to Bingo. grow. Bingo. Yeah. Right, and yeah. that's what I think is happening to you. Why do these all these people reach out to you because that's the, the where your area of weakness is where you can improve. You're right. Like that's how I've kind of started to look at things. And yeah. It's made me a lot calmer. If I can tell you that. Yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. fight. Let's do a cheers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Let's do uh cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to take this break to read in an ad. Every podcast, Tango One Podcast, is sponsored by Murray Insurance. Uh, Ian and Kara are OGs. The workout next to Mike every single day. Uh, they start at six. Mike starts at six oh five, and <laughs> they, they are Ontario's number one ranked yard insurance agency by their clients, and they're owned by, like I said, our Kingsville OGs, Ian and Kara Murray. They pride themselves on many of the high standards the garage gyms come to expect. They are experts in their industry, but probably my favorite thing about them is that they focus on community and employing local team members in which they have over 100 years of experience in their office. They're a one-stop shop for everything you need to protect you and your family and your assets with the best policy industries. Give them a shout today or send them a text at 519-733-2331 or you can reach them at Team Murray Insurance on Instagram. Cool, let's move on. <laughs> so, man, well, like one of the things I want to talk about, I know this is one of Danny's favorite topics, and uh, a little bit like your psychedelic journey. I know this is this was real popular on a lot of podcasts for a long time, and then it kind of like died off a little bit. And okay. for me in my life, I mean, uh, I think the last time we met, I was kind of microdosing with uh, shrooms or whatever the fancy name is for shrooms, and uh, I was feeling some real good results. And then uh, at a certain point, I decided like, hey, like how I'm feeling on these things is how I want to feel without the help. Yeah. And I've kind of really, I've gone the other way. I, I actually like, this is the first time I'm really drinking on this podcast. I don't really do any of that stuff anymore for that reason. And I kind of would love to know like, 
your experiences are, are wild. I know we talked about it then. I, I can't wait to hear Danny chime in on some of this stuff and her experiences. But like, let's. I'd love to educate some people just a little bit more on the the why and the where and what your kind of thing is on this, what your take is on this, uh, and this wild adventure you might have taken. Sure, sure. I've I've dabbled in a few areas there. Life kind of, you know. Set me again, just trusting that it's supposed to happen. I invited myself on a I met these, these people at a barbecue and they were going to Peru. And like what? You're uh, just like at a baby shower? Uh, I, was, I, was at a barbecue. Okay. Uh, I met one guy, he introduced me to these okay. two others. Okay. And they said, We're going to Peru. I'm like, Okay, I'm going to come. So I just joined them on this journey. I wish we had the editing crew to like put together like Mike Dell 15 years ago. You know, I'll send you, a photo. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll how they do the documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm like, I'd like to go. Anyway, sorry, keep going. And um, so we, it seemed like the natural progress, because I, I was thinking about it. I forget where I first learned about it. Um, but I was thinking about it for like a few years. I'm like, how is this actually going to happen? And, and then I met some people. I'm like, well, thanks, because that's my sign. So here we go. And um, so we went, and we went to um, – uh, just a, a hut in the middle of the Amazon jungle. There's just this area carved out with little huts. And um, when I met uh, the shaman there, because I, I didn't know who he was at first, there's a bunch of people in this hut. And then when he walked in, I locked eyes with him and I immediately like, I felt like he's like saw my soul. You know, <laughs> I say this all the time, but you can read, you guys are cops, you can read everything about someone through their eyes, you know? <laughs> And uh, I'm like, okay, so whatever this guy tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. And uh, please try again. And where's I going with that? I don't know. So he saw your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw my soul. Syrian, 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 Sherpa, whatever. Got mixed up. Shaman. Sorry. I've been reading that book about the climbing the mountains. I keep saying Sherpa instead of shaman. We did climb uh, Machu Picchu after that with Sherpas. So where is this? It, it, this where, is in Peru. Where part of the, this is Peru. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, long story short, I, I went to go um, do ayahuasca for the first time in this hut. And I did it the first two nights and I didn't have anything happen. Okay. And everybody around me was in another world. Is this like a like a smokable thing? Is this an oh, it's a tea. thing? Is it it's a, a tea. tea? Okay. Yeah. So what's the, it made out of? Uh, um, you know? Native plants and like bark and just all natural resources from the jungle. Okay. And they brew it up and the shaman gives you um, a, a little cup and he judges kind of based on how much to give you. Right. And he looks so, at you and he's like, hands <laughs> <in the bottom. laughs> And there's just, you got a mat, um, a roll of toilet paper and a bucket. And you go and do it. This is at like, you know, 10 o'clock at night and this... The surroundings, like the jungles, all the animals, it's, it's incredible. Do they explain to you what the bucket and the toilet paper is for? Uh, um, yeah, they say you might have bodily functions of some sort. Okay. And um, the rest is kind of... <laughs> Are like, you wearing you, clothes? You're wearing clothes. Okay. You, you can. You can okay. do what you can cool it however you want. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, to uh, yeah, it's in this big maloka, it's called. Okay. Now a picture of my naked. Like a big gazebo. It's okay, so am I. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Same to you, You're audience. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, so I take it, and nothing happens, and everybody else is starting to do their thing. And I'm just lying there, and then he asks for another cup, so I go do another cup, and then I sit down, and I'm just lying, and I'm trying to, to force. I'm like, what do I do? 
Were you getting mad at this? I, point? I was getting mad. Yeah. Like I, I came all the way here. Like yeah. what? <laughs> and like I'm like, what do I do? Like, do I think of something? Do I like what am I supposed to do? I just remember thinking <laughs> that. And so I laid there for the last like five hours, and I'm just kind of nauseous and lying there, kind of pissed off, and for two nights in a row. And the first night, everybody came out of the experience just like, oh, my God, like their mind was blown. And I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I went home and I wrote in my journal. My journal from that trip is fantastic. I can't wait for my son to read it one day. Um, and then the next night it happened and some of my friends, it didn't go so well. Well, when I say it didn't go so well, like sometimes this just, it gives you what it gives you. Right. Um, but usually... I mean, even if you take mushrooms or people say like they had a bad trip, all that is, is it's showing you something that you are uncomfortable with in yourself. So it gives you what you, it gives you what you need. So look at why you're tripping out and be like, shit, I should probably fix that. So it's like, but it hurts and it sucks. <laughs> like nobody wants to go through that. <laughs> you know, when you're a fight and he, <laughs> you might say something, like, shit, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Um, so yeah, it didn't work the second night and, um, the shaman came to me, he whispered to me, he's like, I'll, I'll see you in the morning. I'm like, okay. So he comes in the morning at seven o'clock. I'm sitting in at the end of my bed and he gives me a glass, like, just like this full of, uh, it's black. And he's like, drink this. <laughs> I'm like, what is, he's like, it's tobacco. I'm like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> and, and so I drink it and I could barely put it down. I like kind of threw it down. And I, I broke out into like cold, like immediately, like cold, and I was just shaking, like, okay. like, and I was just, and he puts his hands on me and he's just like, you're going to be okay. He's like, breathe deep, like take a shower. If it gets scary, drink water. He's like, and I'll be, I'll be back in like two, three hours. I'm, I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now I'm by my, and I put trust in him. So I'm like, okay, Mike, like just, just ride this out. Like whatever, wherever it takes you. And um, so I was like that for like two hours, just shit sitting on the end of my bed, like shaking like this. And my, my hands were clenched like this, like fight. I always talk about fighting. Um, and, um, and before I left for that trip, I, I, I remember I got in a slight disagreement with my father. And at the time I was getting frustrated and I just closed my fist. And my dad's like, why are you making, he's like, why are you frustrated? I'm like, I'm not. He's like, you're, but your, your fists are clenched. I'm like, oh shit. Very intuitive, dad. Well done. <laughs> and so when I was back, back, I'm on the end of the bed and my, my fists are clenched. And I, I just went back to that moment. And, uh, and then I, I, I opened my, it took everything I had. I couldn't even open it. I had to get my other hand and I had to pry my hand open. And this surge of energy, just like, all through my body and just like shot out my hand and it was amazing it was unbelievably amazing all in like one second and I felt like it was just like this thing like awoken inside me and um and that that was in the morning and then that night I went and did ayahuasca again and it was like blast off because he told me I'm like what was that all about and he said you have a blockage between your head and your heart detox uh, uh, yeah oh when you go there it's all about like uh they put you on a certain diet like it's right, it's it's right. great it's very much your um your food intake is directly related to how you the experiences that you have okay 
um, yeah, and then I went and did Iowa, and it was like, it was incredible. It was so incredible. And <laughs> I, I had, I, I remember like being in this situation. I'm like, okay, so like, again, what do I do? And then it's just like, I'm like, I want to be happy. I just kind of said it like a question. <laughs> like, maybe we can be happy. Let's try that out. <laughs> and all these images of, like, it took me back to, like, a farmhouse that my grandparents grew up in. And it showed me, um, like, a father walking with his kid on his shoulders in a baseball game. I can't wait to do that with my son. There's something about that, just to go to a baseball game with my son. Yeah and um, like dolphins jumping and like flower flower fields and all these beautiful things that happen all the time around us but we don't see them because we're so in our own thing you know right but like happiness is always there this is what it was teaching me and it was just incredible and then from there I was just like okay like what do you got for me now and I just like kind of dictated to what I wanted and then it it went to like all these um, like geometric shapes and just like coming at me like when and I was just like oh my god wow like this is incredible <laughs> I felt like I don't know it felt it felt great and it felt so liberating and at one point um the shaman come comes up to me and he gives me like this leaf back and, and just like tapping me and he's like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Every and he just whispers it in my ear, mm -hmm. and I just like it. Chill, I got chills right now just thinking about it. And um, I have a tattoo on my chest of that. So I, I always know like I. And you said it best. Like you can get to those moments with and these other things, but you can also get to them without them. But at least like I, I like I I was this path because it shows you that it's attainable but yes. you, can't, you can't rely on that because then you're just like chasing the dragon all the time yeah that was my like awakening from my my tiny experience was that that you know not tiny i guess it was it was close to a year and going through the my treatment too like uh treatment for like my uh, my ptsd stuff and that it was like that that kind of PTSD stuff led into this with the, yeah. the microdosing and then led into this like, you know, like, man, I can feel this happy. And like, I remember walking out of the yard one morning and like watching or watching a, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm watching a Netflix show about animals. Oh yeah. <laughs> Colors of the animals with my, with my kids in the morning. And it was like, you know, Danny was there. So anybody listening, like, it wasn't like I was just there babysitting. And I was just like, man, this is like the best moment of my life. And, what like if that was to happen tomorrow morning and maybe the St. Patty's Day hangover yeah. might make it different but like if that was to happen tomorrow morning why is it not still the best moment of my life and like nice. that's what I want to connect yeah. the dots between yeah it's like okay that I experienced with this stupid like literally I don't know what is that microdose like point two like it was like point uh, two five like yeah, you know yeah, it was like quarter of a gram of maybe. this little like yeah. mushroom yeah why can't I experience that with myself? Yeah. What am I missing in my life? What am I missing in myself that I don't let me get yeah, there? And exactly. that's, a, that's the gap I want to close. Exactly. Like that's with, uh, I mean, you said it was very popular. Like you, you hear Tim Ferriss, all these people. Right, right, right. And that seems and, to and, go in these like, shh, yeah, shh, yeah. these things we talk about. And I'm a, much like when you see like cannabis legalization, it's a mess. It's a shit show. And I think psilocybin's next. And like psychedelics, there, there's research being done. I just hope that, 
getting corporate people in there doesn't like totally delete yeah. what it's supposed to do. I mean, the legalization <laughs> of weed. Let's be honest, like yeah. it hasn't made the world a better place. Yeah. No, it has like, It's you know, been an like, interesting you know, like most people. Like when I go there, it's not. To, I don't know. It's not like I'm trying to like solve my demons. I'm yeah. just trying to find an alternative to booze. Like you know, like I think that's it opened. It opened the that. doors for psychedelics, hopefully, and it yeah. can help. And I believe it can really help in uh, Me too. mental illness. But there are people that are, I, I did it again uh, one time in uh, Toronto. I found this underground community. Of <laughs> totally different <laughs> <settings> <laughs> Totally different life. settings. Uh, 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 this underground community of like, you know, interesting, interesting people. And, um, and I did it there and it, it was different. And I realized that in this community, there's, there's people that can use this new age stuff as like, uh, how do I say it? I don't know. It's not always positive. It's not always as positive as, as people kind of make it out to be. And um, I think I said this before, but what, what, what psychedelics showed me is like the person, the person I am and the person I think I am are like two different people. Mm -hmm. And overcoming that is, is a challenge. And sometimes if you see that and you don't deal with it, then you're constantly chasing like the next ayahuasca trip, the next this, the next yeah. that. And yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And yeah. like, I, I went down that road. I'm talking from experience. With like, that I government know. stuff too, they're not sending a shaman home with you, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, like it's become an industry. Like I think like maybe it is best to keep it. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah I, don't I, know. Know. I don't know either. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely interesting. Mean? What do you yeah. think? What do you want to know? On the what? Legalization? Anything. Anything. Going to story. Let's go to Peru. Oh, Let's man. the three of yes. us go to Peru. Yes. So I'm, I've booked us a trip. <laughs> Carly babysit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you, Carly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, my beautiful She's like wife. She's the finger tomorrow <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> no, Carly's coming. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, no, I do think that that's amazing that you had that opportunity. And I, I'm very happy that you had the experience and were able to not just do it because like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get fucked up. You know, it's, yeah. it was more of like an experience of like, what can this show me? And, yeah. and how can I, how can I do something about that? Yeah. And um, obviously you could see from the, like I, I would imagine that um, going through the frustrated, the frustration of the first two nights was like, clearly this, this man could tell that, you know, there was, this is something you need to kind of deal with. Yeah. And this is something that you need to understand that it's not just a, a thing that <clears throat> is going to go away easily, right? Exactly. Um, you have to feel the feelings. Yeah. <clears throat> in order to learn from it, because if you didn't, you probably wouldn't have, and it would just been like, ooh, this is this is delightful. Yeah. And carry on, right? Yeah. So, um, but I think that for sure with the experience that you went through and me just being your partner in that, um, I do think that that if people are looking for a solution and and wanting to try something to then open their mind and better themselves i think that that's a great thing and that you should it should be a consideration for sure yeah i think i would love to see where it's the first like i don't want to get out of my lane but like i feel like choosing something that's from the earth rather than something that's made uh, yeah, exactly. chemicals in a lab that is a better first step for me for my personal yeah. and I'm not I'm not diagnosing anybody I'm not telling you to chug a fucking glass of tobacco <laughs> by any means you know I'm just saying that like I think like 
you know, and it even comes right down to fuel. And you said they start that whole process with what you're eating. You put on a, you go on a diet right, before like, you even go, like two weeks prior. So think about like even before you try anything like yeah. that, like what are you eating? What are you consuming yeah, exactly. in the outside world? Like social media, news, TV yeah. shows. Like if you start, like that's starting way more basic than than dabbling in, let's yeah. call them drugs. Like, yeah. like and then pharmaceutical drugs like like let's maybe that should be the stages it's like i mean not maybe i think it really should be like yeah. we we're put here for a reason all these resources we're put here for a reason start with that what are you consuming yeah food wise well, yeah, relationship wise if you have a, if you're Media. in a situation where you are um experiencing maybe uh you're you know tired all the time or you feel frustrated or you have these like these situations where you're not happy let's just say that where you're not happy you don't feel good then starting with those things is, we know from the gym, the like an amazing reaction from a lot of people who just start to like cut out things that they shouldn't be ingesting and cutting out screen time and making more time for themselves yeah. to be alone and to, to be with their thoughts. Like all of those things can make you a very happy person and, and feel really good too. And then if you wanna, do the Peru trip. That's, just <laughs> that's the a cherry on top. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, replacing good habits with bad habits. I think I think that's how I ended up uh, at your gym. To be honest with you, we're vibing. Because, uh, I was uh, just uh, about uh, to ask you that. Uh, oh, okay, interesting. Um, <laughs> because I was trying. I'm like, I can't just chase this thing all the time, but I can do it in my everyday. And um, just forcing yourself to wake up early and go work out is it's like you know it puts you like that much closer to getting into that that sweet spot you know and like there's times where you can you know you find that zone when you're working out and if the right tune's on like that's even better so like that is that can be just as profound of an experience in its own way if you just accumulate that with like other decisions and like that if you like you were saying just incorporating it into your everyday is uh, it's it's doable if you just uh, it's both discipline yeah <laughs> So let's, I wanna, this is a totally off topic, but I know you, you love martial arts and, and fighting. That was maybe our first connection was I was training uh, Randa and you, you know, you want to talk about that stuff. And I, I knew little about it. I still lo know little about it in comparison, but uh, jujitsu. So that whole game, that whole scheme, the whole like MMA in general, I'm not just doing jujitsu. I'm just doing more of it. Here is more catch wrestling. Have you heard of this? Um, I've heard of, yeah. So I know catch that's wrestling. what the, their basis is here is catch wrestling. Oh, sick. Right. That's old so, school. Right. Yeah. Which is, it's cool. And it's, it's so primal and so fun. Well, Danny though has been encouraging me to eat a gummy before I go. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I knew you were going to say 100%. <laughs> this is not stage at all. But I feel like, how? I'm not going to be able to like, yeah. have my dexterity. Like, no, my, is my athleticism going to be gone? I would go spar. I would go spar often. I thought you said, I'm going to go star. No. Like, <laughs> like, come get me, guys. I, I would spar I'm often. I'm going to bring you to manhandle. And uh, the first little bit, I'd be getting hit. I'm like, Mike, like you're fighting. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy's talking to me. <laughs> For the first 10 seconds, I'm like, okay, okay. And, and, that, and then, yeah, it's somebody. I, I've always been talking. Get There's always back. been this guy ever get since him, I was like, back, <laughs> this old. I'm always talking to this guy over here. <laughs> um, but then when you find that, 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 and then you're just kind of flowing. That don't happen often. I'm not that good. But um, it's a great feeling, though. Just when you have a little bit of the fog removed. And then you throw in, like, some of these. 
it's it's beauty so the flow state the yeah. flow state yeah. right that's yeah. what everybody's talking about so it's moving meditation because when you're getting hit you don't have time to think so this is what worries me so i was writing thank you my book thing that i was doing and it's it's pretty much done but i just i whatever anyways i'm writing my book and then when i was doing the microdose thing i was like man i can flow on this right? book right but then one day I looked down and my hands were miniature and I couldn't hit the keys anymore. Uh, well, back off. And <laughs> so I'm worried. So I'm worried I'm gonna get on the fucking thing and I'm not gonna be able to hit anybody's yeah, head yeah, yeah. or my head's gonna be really big and yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. me that bad. So and that might happen. <laughs> I've had times where I'm in your gym, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, we know it. When you, when, you, when you leave out of your bench press, he's like, What's, he's like, Mike, that was only three reps. Five. You're like, yeah, man. And you go check what song's playing on the Spotify list. No, I was in the zone. I wanted to put this on my playlist. <laughs> Outstanding. All I'm saying is that if you do it and you don't and you dial it into the right dose, like you could be it, a, it's, an MMA master. They have they have jujitsu tournaments that are all about. Like I forget what I think it's uh, Nate Diaz, the Diaz brothers. You know, the Diaz oh yeah, guys? yeah. They're they have their own like tournament where you have to like smoke a joint before. Like it's mandatory that right. you smoke or something, and it's a whole tournament. Uh, much of uh, much of the jujitsu culture is built around weed. Really? But, yeah, you can like your flow. Like it's that it's it attracts. I mean, I don't know the students at your gym, but I mean, imagine maybe <laughs> some of them might lean towards that. I don't think so yet. Maybe that's where we're going. Maybe I'm maybe I'm gonna be the uh, the trendsetter. <laughs> Tried to look how good that guy is. He's forty something. It brings in such a, a different array of people. It's great. I love it. Oh man, I'm not. I'm not good. like. Don't hype me up like I'm that good. I, I just like doing it. Oh, I fought you. I know. What are what? I don't know this. This black belt is in, in smothering your face with his dreads. I can tell you that from the one time that we rolled together. I'm like, get those out of my mouth. <laughs> black belt in tomo- tobacco and- drinking, dread smothering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, Kempo and um, Kyokushin. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about. Uh, um, Kempo is um, the same uh, style of karate that Elvis did. And I have Elvis on my shirt. Yeah, I saw How that. badass is this shirt, by the way? I like that. Shirt. These that are like is... two of my favorite people, and they're randomly on a shirt together. Yeah. <laughs> is that like a real picture? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's legit. I like it. <laughs> um,. You know his uh, little hip thing that he does. Yeah. That's uh, that's a karate move that he did on stage. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of like um, cool looking stuff that if you pulled off, you would look like amazing. But it's not really as practical in the street because it's just chaos and what you guys know. When you fight someone, you're not gonna stop. Let me hit you here and do this. Right. Um, but it helps give you like uh, enough structure and confidence. Um. And the other one, uh, I have a black belt in uh, Pressure Point. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Pressure Point. So I know my Pressure Points well. And no, I'm not going to share that story. So <laughs> <laughs> can you do what I, I told I, you? I just, can you do a Pressure Point uh, on Tommy? Uh, um, I could. <laughs> when I was going, when I was when I was uh, doing my black belt, I had to grade and I had to do a knockout of somebody, and I was so like in the moment. And I went to do the knockout, and I knocked the kid's tooth out, and oh, I gave him a concussion. I was like, "Oh shit!" And he was volunteering to like help me, but I was so like jacked, you know. But yeah, but, but it what, worked. I got him out. Yeah, like what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I got him out. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Paid for his dental. And, uh, it, 
It's uh, built up through the company. Do you guys know pressure points from uh, police? You you guys use yeah, them. Yeah, they taught us a bunch. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And then I started uh, another karate because I didn't know if what I learned was actually tangible. I don't know. So you, I went, I went to go check out other gyms and uh, I, I kickboxed in Thailand for a couple months. That was fantastic. That was cool. I went to like a, a fight camp in Thailand and learned from like the actual legit. Mm-hmm. And that was that was fantastic. And so I just like to... I like to mix it up because when you get too far into something, it gets, I, I, once I get too far in, I, I need to be like, no, I need my space. I got to go learn something else. I have a hard time. Like I always need to learn something new and same with martial arts. And I, I boxed for a little bit. So if you mix it all up, then you're kind of good at yeah. at least decent at everything. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I remember going to Windsor to check out some gyms and I saw them sparring and I was like, oh shit these guys could kick my ass and I'm a black belt. And I was just like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so, so then I signed up again. And uh, he asked me at the time, he's like, do you want to uh, do you want to start with your black belt or do you want to go back to white belt? And I was like, I'll go back to white belt. And I think that immediately won over all the guys in the gym, yeah, which was cool sure. because it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I haven't done it in a while and I'd love to go back. I got to get, I got to get back into that because it's, it's it's great. I really like it. CFA here is yeah week, man. yeah. I'd Three like to week, come it's out. It's been fun. I, I I underestimated how like the kickboxing. I I'm blown away by one how devastating somebody can be. Yeah. If they know how to kick. Yeah. Like watching Carm kick. What well, you you were actually you were like those limbs and like when you can move them, it's like a it's it's a weapon. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, also the. Fucking my god, it hurts to kick. Wait, yeah. Like to now watch these guys in the UFC and right? I'm watching them like kick as hard as they can to some no wonder Anderson Silva's like leg broke in that fight. Like yeah. that it kills. And I'm like kicking bags still. Like, you know, like we're yeah. kicking we're kicking thighs, but we're in pads. Like it it's my uh, moment. When man. you like, get caught on that right spot I fractured my shin. Oh and tore my calf. Every time I enter a tournament I hurt myself. Me into that. <laughs> but <laughs> It's uh, once you like, then you have it. Once you get that kick, then you always have it, just in case. You know, just in case. Once you, if you have that kick in your back pocket, you know, because most guys, if you get in a fight, they're not expecting a kick. Right. And they're expecting like one of these. Yeah. Listen, yeah, if you're sure, on yeah. a gummy, you probably wouldn't hurt so bad. <laughs> That's what she keeps saying too. I'm like, yeah, the next day I will be still dying during it. I won't be hurting as bad. But, uh, and you know what, guys? I think that's a great spot to end it. This has been a fantastic podcast, and I think like talking to you, man, just just hearing like your views on the world and how you want to improve yourself and why you want to improve yourself more so just makes me respect you even more. And I'm glad we redid this one. You know, when we talk about karma and like the world finance way, I think that was even a uh, a reason why the the audio didn't work is because <laughs> the second one is is gold. And listen to you talk, man. I, I respect you. It's not even about, nothing is about like money, stature. Uh, it's just all about good people and surrounding yourself with them. And you're one of those people in my corner. So I just thank you Awesome, for that. man. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. And yes, so cheers to fatherhood and being in your 40s. <laughs> That's right. And motherhood. <laughs> Now's the time to do more and be more. 